The secret is out. Video is the fastest and easiest way to get your viewers hungry for your product or service. This is the Video Marketing World podcast, and we are 100% dedicated to helping businesses, entrepreneurs, and creators grow their following and turn it into profit. We're going to bring in world-class guests who will educate us on the ins and outs of video marketing and business development, all so we can help you achieve your goals, whether you want more views, more engagement, lead generation strategies, more profit, or simply to scale your business, whether it's on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, or live stream. We've got you covered. Now let's get to some video marketing. What's up, video marketing world? Welcome to the Video Marketing World podcast, where you guys, the business owners at home, are here to learn about how to use video to grow your business. And what's interesting about it is that you guys are here on my podcast, not watching a video. But wherever you're at, if you're at the gym, if you are, uh, if you're jogging, if you're in the car, uh, commuting somewhere, or if you're just sitting at home listening to me instead of listening to your kids, I appreciate you for being here. <laughs> and I completely understand. I have four kids of my own. Uh, and sometimes they get loud and I got to throw my noise canceling headphones on and just dive right into a, a podcast or some Barry White. I don't know why I said that. Anyway, here we go, you guys. Hey, we're talking about thumbnails today. You YouTube thumbnails. So what does it take to uh, to have an effective YouTube thumbnail. I'm going to dive into that. Uh, I'm also going to tell you a story about uh, my fake ID experience. I, I had a little bit of a fake ID enterprise going on for a little while when I was in high school. I'm going to talk about that. The statute of limitations has run out. Actually, I got in trouble for it. And so there... <laughs> We're going to get into that in a few minutes. Man, I am starting this one off ripe and I love it. Uh, okay, we're going to talk about how to create an effective thumbnail and why you want to focus on thumbnails. So let's just dive right into it. Sound good? Everybody at home, I'm waiting, listening, not hearing anything, but I believe that you are talking to yourself saying, yeah, Scott, sounds great. Why do you need an effective thumbnail? Well, let's talk about this. So thumbnails are... Uh, a majority of the reason that somebody clicks on your content on YouTube. And I know that people are going to say titles, but in reality, uh, if you're scrolling through your search results, you are first looking at your thumbnails, second, looking at a title uh, for the most of us. Now, I don't want to say that in in such like a, um, a definitive term, because I know that there are some people that are out there that are probably more analytical minded who are looking strictly at the titles. Uh, but for the for the majority of us, thumbnails is why people click on content. So you have to have a captivating thumbnail in order to grab the attention of the person that you're trying to get to watch your content. Now you have a split second in order to capture their attention. And so uh, so today we're going to talk about some of the things you need to incorporate into your thumbnails in order to capture their attention. The first thing that you need to do is focus on curiosity. Is your content getting your, or is your thumbnail getting that potential audience member to ask themselves a question? A lot of the times people's inclination with their thumbnails is to type the words from the title into the thumbnail. Um, and that can work in certain circumstances. And, and I'll talk about that in just a minute. But for the most part, your title is structured in a way that represents um, how somebody would be searching for your content. Uh, at least for for new YouTubers, again, there's like there are uh, um, 
there are rules that not everybody needs to follow at every time. It just depends on where you are in your YouTube journey. But for this, for the sake of this video, if, if you're coming and listening because you don't know how to create thumbnails, I'm going to assume that you are newer on your journey. So, uh, when you're first starting on YouTube and you're newer on your journey, you're going to be titling your content based off of how people search because that's how you're more likely to get search or, or, or how you're more likely to get views and traffic. Okay, so again, the inclination for a lot of people is to use the exact same words from their title on their thumbnail. Now, a lot of the times that does not lead to curiosity. Think about it for a second. If you... If you were, uh, if your title was how to change your tires and your thumbnails, how to change your tires, like you're telling exactly what's going on in that video, right? That's effective, but it's not leading someone to ask themselves a question. What if you put text in your thumbnail that was how to change your tires in 30 seconds or less? Or, or you have better yet, you have a visual of you holding a tire iron next to a tire and you have a little stopwatch in the corner that says 30 seconds with a red circle around it and an arrow. Then you're visually telling a story that people can relate to. And then there's also, you're also triggering the emotion of urgency. Most people who are looking to change a tire aren't looking to change that tire in an hour. They're not looking for uh, the best way to change the tire uh, spread out over the course of two days. They're looking to change that tire immediately. A lot of the times they're in a sticky situation. I got to get to work. I need to learn how to change a tire right this second. And so if you can create an emotional response that, um, that, that builds curiosity, gets them to ask a question, right? The question that they'd ask themselves in that thumbnail where you've got yourself a tire on a tire and a, and a, um, and a stopwatch is how do I do that? How can I do that? Right. And now they have to click on the video in order to find out how, um, now there is a such thing as as clickbait, uh, bad clickbait, but there's also a such thing as um, good clickbait. I am a huge proponent of clickbait. I love it as long as it's the good kind, meaning that your video or your thumbnail represents what's in your video at least somewhat, right? You can hype it. You can sensationalize. You can... Um, uh, you can tell a part of a story, but you have to make sure that what you're representing in your thumbnail is at least somewhat represented in your video. Here's an example for you. When we were, uh, when we were creating content, it's full-time content creators who created a video that was called emergency pool rescue drowning drills. And in our thumbnail, uh, it was a picture of me pulling my daughter out of the water and it's going to sound awful. <laughs> and she was, she was limp in my arms. And, uh, and so we, you know, that was the, that was the image that we used for the thumbnail. Now in the thumbnail itself, it specifically says training drills. So people knew that my daughter hadn't drowned, but, uh, but we were baiting the click with the emotion that was felt in that moment, right? Man, 
I don't know if I should have shared that story because it makes me sound like a horrible parent. <laughs> but you understand it paints the picture of good clickbait, which is represented that that visual was represented in the video. And in the video, we're very clearly demonstrating how to rescue somebody who is drowning. But we're also triggering an emotion and creating curiosity in that thumbnail. The question people asked was, is she okay? And it was very interesting as we were reading the comments of this video. This video, by the way, uh, it has 22 million views. Um, we would read the comments and a lot of the comments, people wouldn't even watch the video they would just leave a comment. Is she okay? Is your daughter all right? I'm like, well, if you watch the first half of a second of the video, you'll realize that she's just fine. That's the power of a really good thumbnail. Now, also a, a really, um, you know, <laughs> a really polarizing, a really polarizing thumbnail. But uh, I've never been one to stray away from testing things. And when I find something that works, uh, I think that, um, you know, we try to double down or or uh, utilize the knowledge that we have gained from that to to uh, create new thumbnails. So think about how you can get your audience members to ask themselves a question. Now, the next thing that I, I touched on was emotion. Emotion is a powerful, powerful tool. Uh, one, of, uh, one of the thumbnails that we did for Russell Brunson, uh, he was in Fiji and he was talking about the future of click funnels. Now they sent me a picture of Russell looking at the camera or looking off, off the lens of the camera and uh, with big eyes. And I, f I, I grabbed a screenshot of him with his mouth uh, halfway open, like he was about to say something. And um, the image that I got, his eyes were completely white, right? It was, it was just a normal picture where he looked like he was just looking off the camera about to say something. I added redness to the eyeballs to make him look like he was emotional. And it ended up resulting in a higher click-through rate than any other video in the series because we are triggering an emotion and getting the audience to ask a question. Why is Russell upset? Why is Russell crying? Why, why is Russell being emotional? If you can trigger an emotional response in your audience through your thumbnail, then you have a much higher likelihood of getting them to uh, convert because they're asking themselves a question that's based off of an emotion and emotion takes things to another level. Now, uh, another example, we did a, a, some thumbnail design work for Operation Underground Railroad. And one of the videos that we did was this incredible story about how Operation Underground Railroad, OUR, how they helped this 25-year-old find her parents after she was kidnapped and sold as an infant. And um, it was a very emotional video where she meets her biological parents and her biological brothers and siblings and aunts and uncles for the first time ever when she's an adult. And, and so we wanted to make sure that when we were creating a thumbnail for that, that we really we're tugging at the heartstrings with it. And so the thumbnail that we did was actually a freeze frame from the video where the mother is hugging her daughter for the first time as an adult. I'm going to get choked up even uh, thinking about it. It was such an amazing, incredible story. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, uh, her mother was holding her for the first time. And uh, we had this freeze frame of this look of relief and happiness on this mother's face. 
and the text that we ended up using. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. Woo. That was a hard one. You guys, it's a great video. You got to go watch it. <laughs> oh man. You're getting all the, all the layers of Scott today. Um, <laughs> goodness. Anyway, uh, the look of relief on this mother's face and the, and the text that we used in the thumbnail was she was stolen. And so the question that everybody asked was who was stolen? Who stole her? How did it happen? Um, why are they crying? Things like that. And this video ended up doing, I think it's done really close to a million views, but it ended up skyrocketing, uh, OUR's YouTube channel and, uh, and really setting the stage for, what was to come over the next year. So uh, having emotion and curiosity in your thumbnails is the next level. It takes things to the next level in terms of getting people to want to click. Now, obviously, if you use emotion in every single one of your thumbnails, you're going to position yourself as a dramatic channel, and that can bring its a whole new set of issues along with it. Uh, but using it sporadically to help push people in that direction or, or help to evoke that emotion in some people, I think is absolutely a beneficial tool. It's, it's marketing, right? And you have to remember that your thumbnails and the, uh, the titles that you use are all marketing. Now, what ends up happening a lot of the times with thumbnails is people have a tendency, especially if they're new to YouTube, to just grab whatever cool screenshot they have or the, the automated thumbnails that pop up on YouTube, just select one that looks good and then use that as the the, the thumbnail for the video. Um, so I, I want to do a little thought exercise with you guys. Uh, think about McDonald's, the marketing department at McDonald's. Um, say they have a promotion for a Big Mac coming out and they're like, okay, we got to, we got to, um, take some images some some pictures of Big Macs and get them ready for this ad promo that we're putting together. And, you know, think about what would happen if they sent their advertising department to McDonald's and order a Big Mac, right? So they, they order the Big Mac, they get it, they open the box and they start taking pictures. What do those pictures look like? Right. What does that burger look like? There's lettuce all over that little box. You got special sauce smeared on the side of it. The burger is torn. There's a hole in the bun. Sesame seeds are everywhere, right? If they took pictures of that, of that burger, it would not be very appetizing for their advertising campaign, right? Yeah, exactly. So what do they do? They go into a studio. They have some guy make a burger out of clay. They spray it with water. Then they have, they add steam in, in post-production. They have this like perfect plastic bun with the sesame seeds spaced perfectly. They get fake cheese that is like hanging limply over the side of this burger perfectly. And that's what they take pictures of. And that's what people uh, consider appetizing. I don't eat McDonald's, so I don't know. But you guys get the idea. So the point is if you're taking something from the middle of your video that YouTube automatically selected as your thumbnail, that's like you going to McDonald's and taking pictures of this broken, nasty burger. Don't do it. It doesn't work. All right. I promised you guys that I was going to tell you this story about my fake idea experience. <laughs> when I was a teenager, I'm a, I'm a type I personality. If you've ever, if you know the, the disc exam, I'm a type I. And so rules don't apply to me and they still don't. I I've tried to like hone in and make sure that I, uh, you know, stay above board on, uh, on everything that's important in life. But really to this day, <laughs> some rules just don't apply. 
<laughs> but in this case, uh, you know, I was 15 years old. I had a knack for for Microsoft Paint, MS Paint. And uh, my parents had just gotten a scanner. This is like first generation scanner, color scanner. Um, and I scanned my ID card into the computer and started adjusting it in paint. And it got to the point where I could change my age on my uh, driver's license and um, it just by manipulating paint and moving, uh, making copies of, of letters and moving them around. And, uh, and so I learned how to create fake IDs using MS Paint. Then I print them off and, um, and kids would put them in their wallets and, and use them. They worked like a charm. Nobody, ever, nobody ever got in trouble for it. Uh, except for me. Um, and, uh, and, you know, ultimately I ended up getting in trouble with it and, and I had to, I had to do a little bit of community service, uh, which I'm not proud of. Trust me. Like I say this laughing because I can look back now, 20 years later and laugh about it. Uh, but I don't condone doing those types of things. I just want to let you guys know that is where I got my start with graphic design. It was from actually designing fake IDs for my high school friends. And uh, on that note, I will leave you guys. Have an excellent day, evening, morning, wherever you're at. And we'll see you guys on the next one. Thank you so much for listening to the Video Marketing World Podcast. If you could do us one favor, if you got any value out of this podcast, please share it. Share it with another entrepreneur, share it with a business who has no idea what they're doing when it comes to video marketing. This podcast is to help you scale your business, and we want to make sure that it gets out to those people who need it. And if you're coming to Video Marketing World next year in Dallas, October 6th through 8th, go to videomarketing.world, and you'll see that there are still VIP passes available. We'd love to see you there. And last but not least, make sure the word gets spread by leaving a good rating and a five-star review. See you guys on the next one.